0: hello everyone this is your girl donna d aka the urban mommy and i am back with another podcast today we are going to switch it up a little bit and i am in the car as y'all can see Um, but we're going to switch it up a little bit because now we are going to be talking about some financial, some money planning and we're going to talk about you know the usuals as well so we have a guest today would you like to introduce yourself
1: Hi, my name's Sheree Prince. I am an asset protection coach and also an attorney. I teach entrepreneurs how to merge their business plan with their estate plan.
0: Okay, that sounds interesting. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, like not the professional life, your regular life, your mom life or however you got it?
1: Yes, I am the proud mom um, of two teenagers. I have a 19 year old who's in college Um, and a 16 year old who's in his junior year of high school. And I'm actually a single mom. So it has not always been, you know, glitz and glam. Um, I know very early when my kids were younger, we had a bunch of struggles. And it was because of some of these struggles that I actually decided to go to law school um, and become an attorney.
0: Oh, wow, I know that was tough. Like. Going to law school and and having kids at the same time that's that's amazing. Like, kudos to you. That's that's big.
1: Well, you know what? And it's interesting because um, I had a couple things going on. One, um, my family was having some issues with air property, and so we live in Mississippi, and this is like a common occurrence, you know, throughout the Southern Belt region. And that was one reason I thought about law school. And also I was doing mortgages and also doing real estate. And around 07, 08, when the mortgage crisis hit, I went an entire year and did not make a dime, not a single dime. And so at that point, you know, I had two licenses and just was really unable to take care of my two kids. So my son was six months old and my daughter was three years old and I decided to go to law school. It was something that I had considered when I was younger and it just seemed like the best time to do it because time is gonna continue to pass you by and everybody has the same 24 hours. What do you do with
0: that 24 hours? That's so true. I remember, I don't even know the name of the show. And then sometimes you know how you see something and it was because you were supposed to see it. Like it was a black and white TV show that I don't know my mom was watching it and this, this had to be over 20 years ago. And the guy was telling the lady I think she wanted to be an actress. And she said, I want to be an actress. And uh, so I had school involved. She said, I want to be a doctor. And he said, well, you need to go to medical school. And she said, medical school, that's 12 years. I'll be 45 before I get out. And he said, you're going to be 45 anyway. So (laughs) that made me like, that kind of made me think about it. Like you can do, you can do if you put your mind to it. I mean, it's difficult with kids, of course, because like I said, I looked into... Law school, but law school here, it was kind of like a full-time thing, and I just didn't know how I was going to do it, you know, with my kids. I didn't think I could do it, so I was, I was scared, and, and that's, you know, fear will stop you from doing a lot of things.
1: I mean, I'll tell anybody, it's de- it definitely was not easy. Um, I didn't have a very close-knit family to help me with the kids. You know, there were times I had two or three babysitters because I just needed a lot of help. Um, I went from being a professional, running a business, to making five twenty-five dollars an hour working part-time and my daughter's daycare while I was in law school. Um, it was tough, and it was real challenging. But I had somebody share something with me, and it really kind of changed my perspective because I missed out on so much just trying to get it done for my family as a single mom. He was like, plan your fun first. Because I was missing school plays, I was missing mm-hmm. going to watch my kids. So when I started putting their activities on the calendar first and planning around those,
0: mm-hmm. it made it
1: easier to get through law school.
0: That is that is a good point. And I worked so I had a I guess a corporate job. I worked with for the city, and I had that job. And I missed so much because it was so much I had to do. We always had to go to community events, and I felt like I missed out a lot. Um, on my, my son. I mean, the pay was good, but I mean, it, it wasn't good enough to excuse me missing so much. So I actually found a new career and I'm actually a broker now. So now I make my time. So I'm able to do things with my kids and, and, and experience it better because you can have money and then you can look back on those years and see, like you said, see all the things that you that you missed. Yeah. And I mean, I'm
1: not saying now that I still don't miss a few things, but I definitely it wasn't like it was before um and the kids grow up so fast so, right yeah you know my daughter she's 19 and she thinks we're friends I'm like I'm not your friend I'm your mom <laughs> <laughs> um and my son he's kind of in the girls now so you know he's not He don't want to hug on mama and stuff and doesn't want to be around mama as much so you definitely got to enjoy those times when they're young
0: right okay so you got into law so you do mostly like housing law and i know you do a lot of like estate planning and stuff like that so can we we focus on that like there's a there has been a huge shift toward entrepreneurship in the community and as one myself at one point when all that money hit me i honestly did not know what to do with it i did not do a good job with my money and i'm being completely honest with you and i'm still getting better like i literally just had a conversation with my friend my co-worker we you know we make around the same amount of money and she was like oh what kind of car are you getting i said oh, i want a porsche and she said oh you clearly make more money than me and i'm like "Nah, not really i'm just a little bit uh <laughs> i'm just a little bit irresponsible so i mean i like to brag but i'm just saying i'm I want to get better with money. I want to get better with planning and make sure that my kids have something the they you know, the day tomorrow I leave, I want to make sure they have whatever they need. So can you talk a little bit about like legacies?
1: Definitely. Um, because I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs and people that are wanting to transition from W2 income to self-employment. And so a lot of what I do is mindset. One, you have to believe that you can achieve a certain level of success as an entrepreneur. And once you do that, you know, you need to be able to to know that, like when you buy that Porsche, when you buy that, you know, two story mansion or that palatial home that you're going to buy, you have to know how to protect those assets. So a lot of what I do with my coaching program is I kind of get people in the mindset of what to do once they acquire assets. Also, how to maintain Protection around those assets. I call it building a moat around your assets. Um, if you've seen what is that movie with the green guy, you know who I'm talking about. Um, the, the Hulk? No, not the Hulk. Fiona is his it's his wife. Oh, I'm, Shrek. Shrek. So remember, like in one of the movies, they were in a castle, and so you had this. You had to go inside of the castle. You had to draw the bridge and stuff. That's like a moat. So I teach people how to build a moat around their assets so that you know creditors can't just come and take what they have. And also so you can pass it um, for generational wealth. Part of that is knowing what to buy, how to buy it. And when I say how to buy it, like do I title it in my name, in the name of my LLC? Do I put it in the name of a trust? And also knowing how to work with a team. Because it's not enough just to go hire someone like me to help you with your assets. You need to know the types of questions to ask me. And part of what I do is I teach you how to ask certain questions to certain professionals. There are two or three questions you can ask a a tax accountant or an attorney or financial planner to really figure out if they are the person for you it's not that they haven't you know gone through the training gotten the license but they may not be suited for your needs so i help you with that as well because it really does take a team kind of like with raising kids it takes a village it takes a team for asset protection
0: that is so true and i mean it's a little off subject but the biggest lesson i learned going from a w-2 to the 1099 was with taxes so that was a huge uh that was that was big like I didn't know and of course you're getting all this money tax-free you're just spending it oh no like
1: look there's no such thing as tax-free but I know right
0: (laughs) right that's that's what I thought I was like oh I get all this money and I'm just spending and spending and spending and then the end of the year comes and they like okay now we need our 40,000 I'm like wait how much I'm like "Uh, I don't have that so that's that's a big thing so just Note, guys, if you switch from W-2 to 1099, there is no such thing as tax-free. Take your money and put it on the side because you have to pay.
1: Well, and not just put it on the side. One thing that I do, anyone who's in business, let's just say you have, you have one business. What is your primary business?
0: My, the, my broke, like me being an agent. Okay, a real estate agent? No, I'm an insurance agent.
1: Okay, so let's say that that is your primary business. We're not gonna count anything else that you're doing, but as an insurance broker, you need to have at least three entities associated with your business. And a lot of people think, well, you know, I have an LLC. No, you need more than an LLC. It's like a house, okay? You have your foundation, you have the framing, and then you have the roof for the house. And so that's how I teach people to look at their assets. Um, mm-hmm. if you have a family, and you want to pass some things on. You might consider the roof of your of your framework to be a trust. Mm-hmm. The frame of the building um, is going to be your holding company. It's going to hold everything together, and then the foundation that feeds everything and flows up would be your operating companies. And so you do it. Yeah, you do it for a couple of different reasons. One, to limit your liability in case you're sued, and right. also two. I work so closely with so many talented tax professionals. You have to have your attorney and your CPA or your tax planner, not your tax preparer, but your tax planner talking all the time because that $40,000 the government wanted, we could have took care of that.
0: See? Right. So, would an S-Corp count as one of those entities? Because I do have an S-Corp. Yeah, an S-Corp is
1: Yeah, that's gonna be your operating company.
0: Okay. That's
1: the company that you're working from, but you need a separate company that provides zero services, because if you provide zero services, you owe no liability to anyone. And so there are different types of ways to set it up. Um, And depending on what industry you're in, you may have a separate marketing or management company Mm -hmm. that you use um, to perform certain services once you reach a certain tax threshold. So those are things that we do, too. Um, And that method is called equity stripping. Okay. Yeah. Equity stripping, like say your business has a one million dollar surplus Mm -hmm. using equity stripping. We make your business look judgment proof. All legal, all above board. They're just different things you can do to run your business.
0: So what is judgment proof?
1: So if I tried to sue you and then maybe I did a background check on paper, it looks like you don't have any money. So I may, I may be deterred from suing you, like, you know, you can't get blood from a turnip because it looks like you don't have any money, but you really have a surplus. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing different things with your money. And so you're still putting it to use. but there's a smarter way to do it, even planning your purchases. Um, you know, if you purchase a vehicle, I know you mentioned a Porsche, so I don't know how much a Porsche, um, how heavy that is, but certain vehicles over a certain weight limit If you buy them for the use in your business, you can write the whole thing off as a tax write-off. And so Mm -hmm. when you see all these G-wagons, I think,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's the G-wagons and you you have to have the big trucks. That's why actually I had the, let me tell you this, this is the crazy part. So I learned a lot about all this stuff. I just never followed through because I learned about that law. I bought a a Infinity QX80, Mm -hmm. but... For one, I didn't know if somebody told me after I bought it, they said, Oh, you were supposed to buy it in your business name.
1: See, that's why you need you need a tax planner. And a lot of people don't know the okay. difference between a planner and a tax preparer. The difference is right. the preparer you just take them your documents and they just put together a report for what you've done in the past. Right. And then that's how you wind mm-hmm. up in with this huge balance. But a planner right. actually will you throughout the year, so
0: Oh, okay. So, I need to... I have a... I don't even know what I have. <laughs> I don't even know what I have, but I need to ask. Definitely. Right? Because, just yeah.
1: have the
0: Yeah, because I, I did that. I got that card just for that reason, and I never I never actually wrote it off. Never even did it.
1: Well, also... But I did three- enjoy the conversation. Oh, yeah. But a three-ended strap... <laughs> like a base point that um i use for all my clients and then we just kind of build from there because a lot of them have you know supplemental businesses like say for instance i have a client that has a restaurant well they may also have a um a uniform service as well and so the restaurant purchases uniforms for the uniform service Or well, they may have a dry cleaners that cleans the uniforms they may have a cleaning company that cleans that restaurant and all of their rental property. So there are so many ways you can get creative, um, protect your business and pass it on as a legacy and just do that with your team.
0: Okay. Um. So when you're first started and you're doing the business, do you suggest someone speaks with a planner and a preparer first before they start anything?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Before you file any documents to open a business, I would recommend talking to an accountant and a CPA and just letting them know the type of business that you have. And also you need to have a relationship with your banker because one thing that some new business owners do, they start business and they're undercapitalized. So they go in with not enough money to cover those taxes, fees and things like that. You just don't think about it, but there's so many obligations as you know, Self employed individual, so definitely have those conversations
0: first. Have the conversations, but but if you already have a business, it's not too late.
1: Oh, no, it's never too late. Um, okay. you know, the tax cycle resets every year, and right, yeah, and most states require you to do an annual report with your secretary of state for your business. So if yes. you need to amend the type of business, or change it, or even dissolve it and start a new business, you always have options,
0: okay. So that, so explain, like, how do you fall into this? What, what, what is your role?
1: So my office is located in Mississippi. And if you're within the state of Mississippi, I am a licensed attorney and I can help you with legal matters. Anyone outside the state of Mississippi, I'm an asset protection coach. What I do is help you put together the framework. It's not legal advice is a framework for protecting your assets. I okay. teach you how to actually select people to put on your team to help you with your journey, your asset protection journey. That may be an accountant, an attorney in your area, um, a financial advisor, and I help give you the tools so that you can actually go out and do a lot of things on your own. Because we think that we need to pay thousands of dollars to somebody to do a lot of this, but a mm-hmm. lot of it you do it yourself. And so i just kind of help empower you to get those things done for yourself
0: okay so i mean they can listen to me say it because i'm going to tell the truth but can you tell them how how important it is to really have that like is there any stories that you can tell of you know some wow moments
1: yes now and this may be more relatable um i had one gentleman come to me his family had a family business they had a gas station And the gas station also um, was a distribution center, for SNAP, for the state of Mississippi. So SNAP is just like assistance for families through a government program. And his mother passed away. Now mind you, it is a family business. there were five people in the family but the mom had her name on all of the paperwork so small town when she passed away the first thing the bank did um was restrict access to all the accounts they were running several hundred thousand dollars per month through those accounts from gas sales snap sales and just concessions in the gas station so we had to go through and reformat the entire structure of the company because they had just been doing it mom and pop. She was the only person going to the bank, the only person on the legal paperwork. And so we had to do it so that if anyone passed, there would be a record and um, they'd be able to continue without interruption. But for about two weeks, they were unable to access any funds at all,
0: so. Wow, now for those listeners that are in Louisiana, I believe. I think we're the only one that kind of has a different legal system. We have the civil law here. Yes, we're yeah. Because I'm actually a notary, so and it's it it's difficult. Our notary test is almost like a mini law exam because it's 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 a lot. We can do a lot here, but our law is extremely different. So I have listeners from all over, but we have so many issues like what we call it secession. I think y'all say probate. So we have a lot of issues like exactly with homes. So we have homes and you know I don't want to say just black families but families in our community we tend to live in family homes and when something happens when grandma dies or even when mom dies like we had you know of course we had Hurricane Katrina. When they came in with the paperwork to give people money to fix the homes they couldn't because the homes were in names of people that died 60 years ago and the paperwork was never in order so that's just my lesson to everybody to have your paperwork in order because if something happens and the and they come in to give money or come in to do whatever they're going to be looking for the people on those documents they're not going to be looking for the kid that's been staying there for the last 40 years exactly. and like i say it's different here but i'm sure that's pretty much everywhere with with that part right
1: oh yeah and that's what i mentioned earlier we call it air property
0: um mm-hmm. that was-
1: That was you know one of the reasons i also went to law school my grandparents passed away without a will or trust and they had over 150 acres of property and my mom had passed away prior to her parents so my brother and i got her portion of the estate well Mm -hmm. of course it would be too much like right for everybody to agree there was you know a lot of turmoil in the family about how we're going to divide the land up um, yeah. And that was during the period of time that the black farmers litigation was going on and they mm. were giving you know, money to the families. So that was another issue that we had. But we literally had to open two estates for my grandparents, one for my grandma and one for my grandfather, um, just to sort that out. Because, of course, the court was going to give the money from the black farmer settlement to the estate of my grandparents. So you really got to you know, take the time to figure that stuff out.
0: Definitely. And a lot of people don't think about it, like when it comes to wills. And actually, I'll get back to the trust situation. Um, Some people, they put their, their life insurance policies to their kids. And if they pass and the kids are under 18, you run into issues there too. Can you speak about that a little bit about leaving like beneficiaries as kids? Like what happened? What's the procedures?
1: Well, and I I do want to say this, it's a disclaimer. I do not like last will and testaments. I just don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's crazy to pay somebody while you're alive to do a will and then when you die, your family has to pay them again to go to court and fight with folks and put all your business on the public record. I'm a strong proponent for trust. And with trust, everything is already in the trunk during your lifetime. There's a plan for who's going to be the trustee once um, the initial grantor passes on. And really, when somebody passes away, the last thing you want to do is have to worry about what's going to happen to the assets because the trust already has it laid out. Um, So the part you mentioned about children or minors. Yes. The great thing about a trust is that I teach people also how to, um, you know, put the money or life insurance within a trust or have it made payable to the trust. And so yeah. what will happen Yes, you can set up a common trust for the kids They can have a special needs trust if there's somebody that um, needs medical attention. You know, if you have a child that may need medical attention for the rest of their life or if you have a child that you know you can't trust with money, you can have a trustee to manage that money for them during their lifetime so that they don't squander it all.
0: Right. I think... We call it a spendthrift clause yeah is something like that yeah okay that's what it is yeah we 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 have that a lot and it's, it's it's definitely needed and I think here as well when I think you have a disabled child isn't it true that they they have to be put into the they have to be put into the will right Well I, I know here yeah. I don't know about you all but I know we have to we we can't um exclude them.
1: Yeah, it's different everywhere, but, but here's the thing. Um, people always, well, I'm not gonna say always, a lot of times your mind goes to disabled children. But what about part of your heir property or property that you inherited being the subject of a divorce decree? So say for instance, you inherit your mother's land and you're married. And so now you and your husband are staying on the property, but he's the breadwinner. And in the divorce, he wants the land. You know, I'm sure your mom didn't want your land to go to your soon-to-be ex-husband. So, right. as part of the estate plan that I help people put together. Those are things we think about and right. things we plan for in advance.
0: Okay. So, with that being said, can you talk a little bit about about community property?
1: Yes. And the state that you're in really makes a difference. So, depending on if you are a community property state or a non-community property state, you um, The legal advice that I would give you would be when you talk to your attorney, you know, do you need to do a prenup or is it okay to do a trust after marriage? And I tell folks, and it's not a popular subject, but I would have my life insurance in order before I go to my honeymoon. There are just so many, like so many different types of planning, but really find out first if you're in a community property state or not. And that's going to really determine Um, the type of entity or instrument that you're going to need to do your planning. Because like, even if you are the second, third, fourth, or fifth wife, those are things that we don't consider either. Lots of times we'll make plans with one wife, we'll divorce, get married again, and maybe one of the spouses dies. Mm -hmm. And so the first wife gets everything. Well, I'm wife number four and I've been here the longest and I don't get anything. Or even afterborn children. If you have a blended family, maybe both of you got married and you had grown kids, um, there are just so many things that you should plan for um, as an entrepreneur and as an individual.
0: Also, this is something that that goes on in our community. We we have kind of gotten away from marriage. So I know a lot of times it's you know, marriage for whatever reason it's that, but you gotta keep in mind that marriage is a it's like kind of like a business. And it is your protection. So I had a situation where uh, a close friend of mine, actually. So she was living with a guy who was divorced. No, he wasn't divorced. His wife died. His wife died. He had kids. She'd been living in a house with him for as long as, I guess, she's the lady had died. So maybe 10 years she's been living in a house. She gets money. She puts money into the house. He dies. She thinks she gets to stay there. The kids came in and was like oh no ma'am this is my mama's house this is my mom and my daddy's house this is not your house so she was upset and literally had nowhere to go because she had been living with him for the last 10 years but because she wasn't married she had no right to his property because that was him and his wife's house it was 50 percent his house and 50 percent for the kids basically but yes. because she didn't have the paperwork so can you talk about like, again, paperwork, being married or uh, at least if you're not going to be married, is there something that they can do to protect themselves in that situation?
1: Well, one, I never recommend, and I know this is not the, the example that you gave, but first of all, if you are not married, don't purchase property with someone. Second, if you are not married and you are cohabitating, um, I would definitely get something in writing. When I say something in writing, it may be that the, you know, getting the title to the home updated. So Mm -hmm. what he could have done is he could have deeded her a portion of his interest in the property. Mm -hmm. And she would have been able to file Homestead and Homestead would have let her stay there. In most Mm -hmm. states, I know Mississippi, if you have Homestead, Homestead, they can't kick you out the house. Mm -hmm. But that would have given her the right to stay in the home until her death. So these are things that you need to consider. One, don't buy that house if you're not married. And two, find a way for your name to be on the title. Some people want to go sign a piece of paper and get it notarized. That's not always sufficient. A court will not always recognize that. Um, Or even minimally, get a lease agreement. You might be dating, but still get a lease agreement because what does that do? It gives you a leasehold interest in the property and that gives you rights. They can't just evict you if you have a leasehold, so minimally get a lease. But if you can try to get your name added to the title. Now, one thing that you need to consider if the house has a mortgage, um, Mm -hmm. most deeds of trust have what's called a due on sale clause, which means if you try to cloud the title or change the title from the way that you purchased it while you're paying on the mortgage, they can instantly accelerate the mortgage and ask for the whole thing to become due and payable. Now, I haven't heard about that happening a lot, but that mm-hmm. is, and it is something that you need to be aware
0: yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, y'all, we're not saying that y'all need to get married, but we are saying if you want to make a big decision, like buying property and you choose to do that, you have to have things in order. Cause if he gets, if he's the breadwinner and he puts everything in his name and if something happens, his family can kick you out because that's his house right if you don't have any paperwork exactly
1: and you don't necessarily have to have your name on the mortgage to have your name on the title to the house so try to distinguish between that um but definitely you do want your name on the title or minimally a leasehold
0: interest do you all have use of in mississippi um we do okay yeah because i think couldn't they do something like would that be an option or something like that can you Well, obviously before they die, they would have to give you, put that in the will or something that you can actually stay there until you die or something.
1: Yeah, and then like they have so many new things now too. Um, We used to just have like a life estate deed, which Mm -hmm. would you know automatically pass at death, but now Mississippi has a transfer on death deed as well.
0: And so you have
1: things like that. Um, And those are really good options. You know, even though I am an attorney, I don't advocate just coming and spending thousands of dollars with an attorney because you have so many options. You know, if your main asset is a house and a car, I wouldn't get a will or a trust. I would get a life estate deed or a transfer on death deed, and that would automatically pass the house at my death. And for the car, um, at least in our state, there's an affidavit that the heirs can sign to get the title transferred. So that's like, you know, less than $20, I believe, the Department of Revenue. And then Mm -hmm. the file, the deed and the preparation fee and all of that is going to should be under a thousand dollars total versus. And
0: And that's what stops a lot of people from doing it because of the money. They can't afford it. Well,
1: you can't afford not to.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) you can't
1: afford not to because what does it cost your heirs? Um, I had one estate and the last recorded owner of the property died in 1913. Oh. <laughs> so like literally every time we have to have a hearing, it's it's just, it's taking forever to close the estate because every time there's a hearing you have to notify everybody.
0: Everybody. You
1: that you tried to notify everybody. So estate planning is a lot easier than probate or the administration of a state, of an estate.
0: Let me say in in New Orleans we have a lot of gen after Katrina, we had a lot of gentrification going on, and a lot of that gentrification actually came because of exactly what we're talking about now. So many homes were in names of people that that um, died years and years and years ago. Like for instance, we have a my family has a home. My aunt was living there. She died in, I'm going to say, 96. It was her parents' home. She died at like 90. And it was her parents' home. So kind of similar to the situation you just said. So, of course, when she dies, she has no kids. But since it's her mom's house, they had to go to all the heirs. So whenever they send this document out, I promise you, it's like 50 of us. And then some of them are are, are deceased. So it goes to their kids. So then it's, you know, it's, it's just a never-ending tree of people that who they have to send stuff to. And like you said, now the house is worth probably half a million dollars because it's in a nice area a gentrified area the house is probably worth half a million but guess what we're gonna lose the house because it's just sitting there because we can't get all 50 of us to agree to sell it and nobody can stand up and get it because it's it's just and then that's how the city comes in and all these developers come and swoop up our land it's literally what's happening here in so many different neighborhoods like we we don't have the paperwork.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's so sad. Um, like in Mississippi, we have um, what's called a partition action. So if you don't want to be a co-tenant or a co-owner with somebody, you can go to the court and say, Hey, I want to be bought out of this property or I want to buy the property. But in your case, like you said, if no one person can afford to get the house, you know, that's the flip side of it because you waited so long and the process takes so long. So yeah. Planning
0: is key. If you don't have Isn't, a plan, get a plan. Yeah. A plan. Yeah, because we can't we can't buy it because you have to get people to sign off. And you know how people get with money. You know, they think that they have something due to them. And by the time you finish dividing it up into 50, it's not that much. But, you know, they'd rather see it go away to the state than to work together and do something. We could put our money together and keep it as a family home. But, you know... You know how things are. So oh, yeah. <laughs> with businesses, just like we have to protect our homes, we have to pre- we also protect our business. Any suggestions that you uh, speak about for that? Definitely.
1: Um, depending on the type of business you have, like for instance, if you have an LLC, you mm-hmm. need to what I call a titanium operating agreement. And all that is, is just an airtight agreement that spells out as many of the possible issues that you may have um, Mm. if you have a partner. Now in some states, um, depending on if you are a single member LLC or a multiple multiple member LLC, it varies how your your LLC is treated once you pass away. So Mm. that's something to think about. Yeah, it's something to think about because the first thing a lot of us do is I'm just gonna go open up an LLC Mm. and you know, more than one member is treated differently in some states than it than it is if you have one member. One thing that I do um, with my clients who are looking to open up a new business, I take them through a decision tree and it starts with a couple of questions. And then we start outlining that, you know, three-entity strategy. One mm-hmm. of those questions is, you know, are you brick and mortar or are you an online business? Because it makes a difference. When you start talking about online businesses, um, they're different from brick and mortar. I ask um, if you need anonymity or not. You know, some people don't want people to know who owns the business. Right. If you're the face of the business, of course you want people to know. Um, Otherwise, you know, you may just kind of want to be low key with your assets. So that kind of informs how I build your strategies as well. And then we start talking about um, the type of business it is because some businesses create more liability than other businesses. So if you are a business that serves the public, the public comes to your location, okay, it's more likely that somebody may slip and fall when they walk in the door versus, you know, if you're just a warehouse and you don't serve the public, but now you have a different set of concerns because you need some extra protection, maybe some extra workers' comp insurance or, things depending on the type of business you are so that's how we kind of start building your plan and determining what sort of structures you need and even insurance we do an insurance review to make sure that you have the appropriate coverage
0: okay but in part they appropriate sorry appropriate coverage like business insurance you mean
1: all insurance your personal okay. and business. because some people think you know I'm gonna get this huge insurance policy um and that's all i need no because when you have a huge insurance policy what do you have you have a huge insurance premium to pay so part of what i do is i look at your insurance and i make sure that you have the um the minimum state requirements for your insurance instead of you getting excess insurance We try to get you the least amount that is required per your state or if you have a license for your profession. And then we build other stuff around it. So we build in other entities and other ways to protect you. Because if I sue you, the first thing I'm gonna do as a plaintiff's attorney, I'm gonna ask for a copy of all of your eligible insurance to cover this claim. And so when I start seeing you got tens of millions of, you know, dollars in insurance, that's gonna be real attractive to me, right? Right. But if I see that you just have the minimum, I'm like, man, this may not be worth my time, or I don't want to spend as much time pursuing this. So, we help you make those kind of decisions. So, it does a couple of things for you it makes you look judgment proof, and then it helps your operating income as well because you're not spending so much money on insurance premiums. You're able to put that money back into your business.
0: Okay. So, if someone sues you, can they use your personal insurance? It depends.
1: Now, if what you were doing is outside of the scope of the work that you do, and also a lot of it, when you talk about suing you individually, there's something Mm -hmm. called piercing the corporate veil. So you have your business over here and you're over here. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to try to prove that you and your business are one and the same. And -hmm. part of what I teach you is how to keep everything separated. Separated. The biggest thing is your money. You know, when they if they say that you're, you know, acting as an individual and not as a business, and then they pull your bank records and you're buying Skittles at McDonald's and you're taking (laughs) personal trips, you know, things that are not related to the business, they're going to be able to, to reach into, um, your personal assets. So yeah, part Mm -hmm. of what I teach formalities.
0: Yeah. So that is important. Y'all, I don't know if y'all missed that or not, but they're, like I said, there's a lot of entrepreneurs now. You have to keep your money separate. That's the importance of having a business account and not only having a business account, but actually using your business account for business. Like my CPA used to get so upset with me because I would just be using any card, whatever card I pick up, I use it. Oh, here you go. I'm doing work events. I'm using my card. And he said, if something ever happens, they will say that, like you said, we're one in the same. So you have to keep it separate. So it's not your CPA or your attorney just being... You know all on your back they are protecting you because you open yourself up for a lot so a lot of a lot of us are there's a lot of new millionaires because of social media people are making money that they never made before that is the same thing you still have to keep that money separate because something happens you are liable and they can look in they're going to look into your assets there's attorneys that do that right that just go not attorneys but there are people that just go search and see your money
1: Exactly. And you said something that's really important. Um, I also teach people the importance of their IP or their intellectual property. When you said there are a lot of people that are millionaires because of social media. How many of y'all have reserved your name with with the local secretary of state or trademark? Your name has value. I mean, if I can go and and use Michael Jordan's name or go use the, the Jordan symbol. That symbol alone, you know, accounts for so much of his $3 billion yeah, yeah. worth, billion with a B. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's all intellectual property. So if somebody asked me, Shereem, if you had one asset, um, just one asset period that you owned, what would it be? I would probably say it would be the um, Air Jordan logo. That would be the only asset that I would need. And it's, it's all that is, is intellectual property. And people, even when they sell their business, you're, the name of your business, you know, if you have the fanciest pizza shop in the neighborhood and you sell it, you know, using that name, um, licensing that name may be worth something. But people really leave that much on the table. table.
0: You're right. There's there's a, a guy from from and that, not just him. That's from New Orleans. The story I'm going to tell you in a minute. But he's from New Orleans and he has a dance. So he does the dance and. The football players started doing it when they made touchdowns. And now he's just a regular guy just living in New Orleans, and the NFL announcers are saying his name. They're like, oh, he's doing a gritty. He's doing this. He's doing that. And, like, it seems like that could be something that he could have benefited from at some point. Yeah. I
1: mean, he still can. Um, Even, like, you know, for those of you who are avid sports, um watchers and stuff i'm not but i'm kind of familiar with this um mm-hmm. those, those nil deals name image like yeah likeness. so you have all these young gentlemen oh yeah you have some females too because you have female athletes but yep. a lot of these young gentlemen who are about to be making millions in college yep how do you protect your name your image and your likeness Make- i mean yeah an entire new area of the law, a subject yeah. has been created. And so, I mean, you have, those are assets. Yeah. Those are assets because, you know, I can't just go print up a shirt that says, um, and I'm like, look, I'm lost for name on football players tonight. <laughs> but yeah, with a football player's name on it, that name is probably protected.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I noticed that and I'm not hating on nobody, but I noticed, so, I don't even know how many years ago this was. Uh, This had to be around when the Saints won the Super Bowl. So I think that's like 2009, 2010. People started making all kinds of Saints shirts, right? The Saints did a lawsuit. Like, y'all got to hold off on those shirts because that's copyrighted material and stuff. Of course, everybody went crazy and then they dropped their lawsuit. But since then, I have noticed that so many companies, so many businesses are... Becoming famous for for using other people's stuff and like nothing is hap like nothing is happening. Like how is that going on? Is it just because it's the the lack of um enforcement or but like what's the deal? Like there's literally I, I did see one guy, he was he got in trouble because he was selling fake shoes on his website and they finally found him and Nike sued him.
1: Yeah, and see, so you have two things. Um mm-hmm. one, once something becomes public domain, it's free okay. game. They're okay. What public domain is, it's usually like a number of years or if it's something common. Um, okay. You know, today I was watching um, a reel where somebody was using something that Barack Obama said, and it was some kind of joke they were making using his words. And so he's mm-hmm. a public, or he's in the public domain. But on the flip okay. side, you have Nike um and the saints and things like that the key is enforcement what you're supposed yeah. to do to protect your brand as soon as you find out about it one you send them a letter to cease and desist or you threaten mm. some sort of action you give them a time frame to respond if they don't respond you have to take that action or you can lose your rights to that intellectual property so that's mm. why yeah you can lose it if you don't enforce it you have to lo- you lose it um what? yeah One artist who was notorious—he oh, there are just stories about Prince. Anytime somebody tried to infringe on any of Prince's intellectual property rights, um, his attorneys were on it. Mm -hmm. You're giving a letter, and they're following up. And then you can't just say I'm gonna do it, and you don't do it. You have to actually follow through, because Mm -hmm. just with formalities, if you don't keep your banking separate, of course we can say your operations one, right? If I'm able to prove that the first 10 people, the saints didn't do anything to them, but now the saints want to sue me, I can get the case thrown out of court. Like, well, your honor, it's really not protected because the first 10 people, they didn't do anything. So why are they doing Mm it? So yeah, you
0: can lose your rights if you don't enforce them. Wow. And I see that. I did not know. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I guess because they have so much money, they didn't want to, they backed off, but I see businesses selling stuff all the time like there's one business that uses other businesses fonts and logos but uses but puts his name on it and i'm like how can they do that i'm like i guess i watch a lot of youtube and i'm always seeing a, these companies come down on these people i'm like what's the how can they get away with that but i guess like you know it's enforcement and they don't see it they're under the radar Yeah. um what's the name of that company um we we have somebody here in fact she moved to mississippi her name is super she's from new orleans she's like a millionaire she created this um she created this makeup company and i think she went viral because she made like a million dollars in 90 minutes or something but she's from new orleans she started from the ground up you know everybody loves you know everybody loves super but her her uh makeup was called the crayon case and she had all of her makeup look like Crayola almost. And Crayola sent her a cease and desist and because they said that it would look, it's confusing because people think that's their product. So she had to change her packaging.
1: Oh yeah, and that's common. Yeah, once you kinda, you know, once you get on on up there, you know, she made a million dollars and they're always keeping tabs on so
0: yeah 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 so that's what it is she became a competitor because now you're making money so now we're like okay now you got to change that logo i mean it it was it was similar but i mean i don't know but you know it's not i understand i guess if it was my property i would feel that same you know i would feel the same way but like people were all upset with crayola like how dare you but like you said i didn't know that if you didn't protect it you could lose it
1: yeah you could definitely lose it
0: wow so you learn something every day i did i did not know that so that that's that makes sense because like what i'm saying we were mad at crayola like come on man y'all hating on this girl but it's not that they hating on them it's, it's like you say it's formality i did not know that okay but yeah so enforcement is big when you do i just always get worried when i see people in business because like i said when i learned the hard way when i first started getting money I'm not gonna lie I got money and I did not do the right thing so I still I'm gonna follow up with you as well because I I need to get my my business in order because I'm so used to making a little bit money and doing what I want and now I'm making a, a lot a lot of money and I can't do what I want anymore you know eventually it's gonna catch up with me and I don't want it to catch up with me so I need to get my business in order like asap
1: Well, one thing, um, in January, I'm launching a digital course, and the course is called the Entrepreneur's Estate Plan, and what it does, Mm -hmm. like all these tidbits that we're sharing with you today, um, Mm -hmm. outlining what to do and definitely what not to do to kind of get you started. Mm -hmm. And so it's a a starter course. You can actually finish it in a weekend, but it Mm -hmm. gives you all the pointers. And so I'll be in contact with you before it launches, so you can let your subscribers know.
0: Yeah, I definitely will because I think this this is definitely interesting. This information is good. Like I said, we got a lot of people that have money now and, and we have to know how to keep it. There's a... Uh, Jada Kiss has a, a song or something and he says, once they let you in you're supposed to keep though. So like you get money, you got to be able to keep it because you don't want to be that person that said I used to have this and I used to have that. So right. that's a part of what this conversation is and it's... I, I always hate my conversations because they always go so fast because we almost had an hour already. Um <laughs> but I look I have one more question before I too before I let you go. Two more. All right. So I wrote a book. So I am an I'm an author and I have a book and my book is going to be adapted into film. I know you see me pulling my head. I have a migraine. Um <laughs> so my book is gonna be adapted into film, right? So I was talking to a guy, actually he was on a podcast A couple of weeks ago and he told me that I probably not probably but he told me that I needed to create an LLC for the movie and when when we get off I'm gonna tell you what he said I didn't want to say it online but he told me I need to create an LLC for the movie do you think that I really need to do that okay
1: one you need to protect your intellectual property does that mean create an LLC possibly you have some okay. other options but that's the conversation that you really need to have one with your attorney and your accountant because and i'm not sure where you are in terms of income but once you reach a certain level of income there are different types of entities that work together to lessen your tax burden but also shield you um, from creditors so mm. you know it may be an llc it may be a corporation and there may be some other things that you need to do but you do need to protect it yes
0: okay all right, so that was that and I'm a, I'll remind me that, tell you else what else I want to say about that. Um, he was just giving me some little tips. <laughs> uh, so my last question that I end with everybody is, I always ask, if you could go back and talk to your 17 year old self and give us some tips about life and what you would experience in soon, what would you tell her?
1: I would tell my 17 year old self to play big faster. Um, I would invest in myself more. At seventeen, I didn't understand the importance of having a coach or having a mentor. Um, you know, having the right person to give you the benefit of all the mistakes they made, you don't have to make those same mistakes right. by investing in yourself, going to classes—not really, you know, a formal college, but you know, some sort of course. It may take you a weekend. It may take you a week, but it moves you faster down your journey. Um, I probably would not even be an attorney. I'd be a business person. I'd be in business, but I would have taken a different route because when, when I came along, and I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but, it, you know, first it was like, you know, go to college, you know, get a bachelor's degree. Then it was like, get a master's degree. Like, right. keep going. And I do value formal education, but mm-hmm. there are... Now now there's so many life experiences and opportunities to still make a good living. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean you're any less intelligent. So right. I told myself to invest in myself and to get a coach or a mentor because I did not have that. And so in some ways, I feel like I took the long way around to where I am today. And that's why I'm so passionate about working with entrepreneurs because I did take the long way around okay
0: that, that that definitely makes sense and you're right there's a lot of different ways to to make money now I tell my kids you don't have to I, I want you to go to college but mostly for the experience because the people that I learned the networking that I did the relationships I made and some of the things that I learned I mean I still use it even though I got a, a bachelor's a master's and whatever else I'm I'm an insurance broker, you know, but I use all of those things that I learned in, you know, in my job. OK, so um, can you let everyone know how they can follow you and keep up with you? I know we got I'll let everybody know about your class in January. But is there anything else that they can keep up with you?
1: Sure. Um, You can go to my website. It's www.sherieprince.com. And that's um, I do a webinar that teaches you how to build a blueprint for asset protection in four steps. And y'all, we do it in an hour. It is literally four steps and it's a free course. Um, takes an hour. And so you can go there and find me and sign up for that. And you know, if you like it, I can tell you how to move further and work with me or just get some free tools. So there's a lot of free information. And also I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group. Um, at least once a week, I'm in there giving people free tips. So, if you go to Big Faster Community in Facebook and ask to join, you know, you can get in there once at least once a week and get some free tips.
0: What did you say? Big Faster? Play Big Faster. Oh, Play Big. Okay, I'll definitely go add that. Play Big Faster. Okay, I'll add that. Thank you. So, thank you, Sherry, so much. This has been a, a great a great session and I hope that people were listening and paying attention and taking notes and they can the good thing about it, they can replay it as many times as they need to because you definitely dropped a lot of jewels Um, and I think that any one of the conversations, many conversations we had could be beneficial to someone
1: well thank you so much for inviting me and have a great day
0: thank you, so if the Lord says the same y'all, I will see y'all next week Bye bye.
1: bye bye